Well, after doing a little bit of reading, I found out, well, what a lot of people have started to learn about the electric vehicle industry. Batteries are heavy, and you need a lot of them to go the same distance as an internal combustion engine. Where our 65 liter tanks in our car can fit underneath the storage compartment of our vehicle, and hell, don't even take up the same amount of space as our vehicle, the EV battery pack sits underneath the entire floor of our vehicle, which means it is more than triple the size of our gas tank and when you put the fact that batteries on their own are made of steel and have many many different types of minerals in them makes them heavy they're not a bunch of feathers underneath your vehicle they're literally a steel block so what does that have to do with vehicles in the world of today well as we've already covered about our infrastructure deficit this time we're taking a look at how heavy our battery packs really are <laughs> Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J. Coming to you from our main host website at autolux.net. If you haven't been there, stop by, check it out, check out some of the reviews, some of the ratings, and then stop by and check out some of our corporate links websites and past podcasts, all on the autolux.net website. The Autolux Podcast has been brought to you by Ecom Entertainment Group and distributed by Podbeam.com. If you'd like to get in touch with the Autolux Podcast, please do so at email at autolux.net. So like I said in the beginning, batteries are not light. And if you've ever picked up one of the nickel cadmium batteries and changed it underneath the hood of your automobile, the only thing underneath the hood of your car that's heavier than your battery is your block. Every other part can be taken off and is of light component. The exhaust manifold is huge and yet weighs a lot less than that battery. An alternator, well, has almost the same amount of stuff in it as a battery and weighs less. But your engine block, well, that's just one big hunk in the center of your vehicle. Your transmission's heavy, but when you break down the parts of it, each one on their own is light. But the battery is heavy. And it's one of those things that at least most of us have had to change underneath the hood of their vehicle at least once in their life. And we have found those fucking things are heavy. Now, do you ever wonder when the hybrids first started coming around, the original Toyota Prius started coming out, and they didn't go that far on battery power alone. You're sitting there thinking like, well, yeah, you get a lot of power out of it, but the amount of power it takes to move an object, the more weight in that object, the harder it is to move. Well, sure, these things roll around on wheels, making them a little bit easier to get around, but in all reality, they only do part of the job. And when you're adding all that weight to it, even those tires take added stress over the initial vehicle. You want 100% proof that having a lighter vehicle can make you go faster and becomes more efficient? Look at race cars. As the vehicles lose the weight of all of the fuel in their vehicle, they start getting faster and faster. There's less wear and tear in their tires. There's less wear and tear in their transmission. With a less fuel load. That's the reason why race cars make pit stops because if they had all the fuel at the beginning of the race to go the entire race they would be heavy they attempted to do this decades ago and they found that it was heavier and more stressful on all the components of the vehicle you're trying to make everything as light as possible to get the more fuel efficient and more aerodynamic but when you start adding more and more weight into it that's more stress that's more stress on the vehicle that's more stress on the roadway underneath of it and when you start turning that's even more stress on all of those 
components. So race cars try and find a way to reduce the weight. Only carrying a certain amount of fuel is also a safety factor too, because when they used to blow up, you had a ton of fuel in the vehicle and they could literally blow up and kill the person instantly. That was the other reason why they got away from it. But when we think about the, our electric vehicles, we think, oh, they're, they're good, right? They're more efficient. There's a lot less moving parts and I don't have to change the transmission. I don't have to change my oil. I don't have to worry about any of my fluids. I don't have this big battery that I have to pull out of my vehicle. You know, there's a lot less to it. It's basically just a bunch of motors at your wheel and a power source in the central area. But your weight is in one central location. You could spread it out so it's across the entire vehicle or you could put it more towards the front or the rear. But essentially, it's all one massive weight. And that extra weight can be more harmful to the products that you still have in the vehicle. You just have to think about it. Like I said, you now don't have to change the oil, but your tires wear out quicker. Your vehicle's heavier, which means your brakes are a lot more expensive because their stopping power has to be consistent of stopping a vehicle that's almost twice as heavy as the ICE counterpart. So upgraded ceramic brakes, where if you go with the cheap ones, you'll be replacing them more often, just like your tires. You go with the cheap tires, you'll be replacing it more often. Tires, you're supposed to get 120,000 kilometers out of them. While it's something this heavy, you're only getting about 60, 70,000 kilometers out of them. Hell, my all-wheel drive vehicle in my driveway gets, on average, between 80 and 100,000 kilometers out of the tires. I had a front-wheel drive Chrysler Concorde back in the day, and it may have been a heavy car, but the tires lasted a lot longer because the weight was spread so thin amongst the vehicle that I got nearly 160,000 kilometers out of my tires. All that added weight is hard on the suspension. You ever overload a vehicle with weight? I did that once with my Suzuki, and my power steering pump, I nearly exploded because it's a lot more to get that vehicle to turn which means it's a lot more on your suspension system which means it's a lot more on your steering system you may be saving money because now you don't have to get your fluids checked but you now have to replace more parts a lot sooner where the average vehicle most wear parts start breaking down between 100 and 150,000 kilometers that's usually the first window that you have to start replacing a lot of parts on vehicles and I have proof to this because I've owned a bunch of vehicles that have gone over those marks. My Suzuki, the first time I ever had to do a major expenses on that vehicle was about 115,000 kilometers. Now on nearly 250,000 kilometers, I'm starting to get into the second tier of parts that break down, plus fixing the ones that are now surpassing their 250,000 kilometer mandated requirement. Yes, vehicles have mandated requirements for most standard expensive parts to last. Tires, brakes, suspensions, and parts of the steering components are vehicles are parts that can wear down a lot quicker. These have a wear consistency of 100 to 150,000 kilometers. Where your drive shaft, your exhaust, your manifold, your intake, your alternators, your starters are built to last on average 250,000 kilometers. But now with added weight onto these vehicles, these standard wear parts, are wearing down quicker and with it they're wearing down what they're driving on quicker you might think that it's power on demand so the power that is created in the confines of the pistons of your internal combustion engine far exceeds the power that it will eventually touch the ground because you lose so much power going from your engine to the road whereas an electric car it is direct the power source goes to the motors which are attached to the wheels they don't go through much else their loss is a lot less well, that's great because I got tons of power, which means I can accelerate super fast compared to you. But then again, 
how quickly are your parts breaking down? Yes, we already have power systems in electric Formula E cars that prove to us that you can have battery packs to last a certain amount of time. But even those vehicles weigh more than their Formula One counterparts. Even when fully loaded with fuel, their components have to be made stiffer. The airflow in and around all the battery pack and suspension components is different than that of the Formula One car. This added weight is destroying these vehicles. And it makes it so the aftermarket industry is going to become more concerned with weight loss than power. Because weight loss in an EV will mean more power. It'll also mean your parts can last longer. Upgrading them to even a higher standard will ensure that they last longer and stop better. Carbon ceramic brakes on your Tesla will be even better. Because they'll last longer and have better stopping power. Lightweight tires and rims are something that are going to have to be re-engineered for the electric vehicle industry. Whereas we just got used to getting carbon fiber wheels put onto our Ford Mustangs, those carbon fiber wheels have to be completely re-engineered to the EV specs. They have to be able to handle the weight from those vehicles and the weight dispersed upon them when they hit things. The weight of an EV vehicle when it hits a pothole will do more damage to a pothole than a standard internal combustion engine because the weight suppressing down into the pothole will far exceed its counterpart in the internal combustion engine world which means when it goes down and hits the edge of the pavement that is slightly broken it is more likely to tear it out than an ICE counterpart this is something that was explained in a previous podcast and something you can see even today if you live in a city that has more SUVs and trucks than sedans trucks will tear up a road a lot quicker than a car today battery manufacturers are looking for ways to get more juice out of them and to make them last longer we want to make it so that we can charge them as quick as possible and keep that battery pack as long as possible because it's expensive to replace. But on top of that, battery manufacturers are now looking for new ways to reduce the weight, working with new forms of minerals that are lighter than the previous components to build batteries of the future. Hell, even the exterior. But then again, we also need protection for the battery. By not having a protective shield underneath your battery pack, rocks, sand, and even water underneath of it can be more destructive to the vehicle than they would be on the bottom of an internal combustion engine vehicle. So by learning how we can reduce the weight of these batteries will greatly help the battery vehicle industry overall. It'll increase the efficiency of the battery pack and make your vehicles less detrimental to the surrounding area. One of the big things you find with having so much weight in these vehicles is the fact that electric vehicles may be able to go super fast in a straight line. But when they have to turn a corner, they're not as good. With a lot of electric vehicles failing the moose test. Hell, the Hyundai Ioniq 6 is apparently one of those most aerodynamic sedans out there. It is the standard cookie cutter shape you could think of for a vehicle not seen since the Ford 500 of the early 2000s. This vehicle is the epitome of basic design. But the weight of its battery pack makes it so it has trouble handling when trying to maneuver around the moose test. Now something like the Porsche Taycan has no problem doing that due to the fact that they know they can put those upgraded suspension, brake, and tire components onto that vehicle and people are willing to, to pay the access for them. But in your Hyundai, you're not willing to spend $300,000 on a Hyundai. 
No, you want it actually less than $60,000. You want to make it so you can sell at that point. And by doing that, you have to reduce on some of those wear components. And by reducing on those wear components, you make the vehicle less nimble. EVs are in a sense the same as the muscle car era of the 1960s and 70s. Everybody can put as much power they want into those vehicles. But if the road turned at the end of it, there were a lot of them that went out into straight fields. And the sole reason why? You just couldn't stop them. They were big. They were heavy, but they were not nimble. Sure, they raced in the SEC sports car and Trans Am series, which showcased that, yes, you can make them go racing and turn corners. But unfortunately, those ones were completely gutted from any excess of weight. They were lowered to the ground, and their suspension, braking, and even tire components were completely upgraded to maintain their maneuverability on track. Something which the electronic vehicle industry isn't looking at for standardized vehicles for us. So really, in the end, what am I trying to say is that your Mercedes S-Class is more nimble than your Lucid Air. Sure, Lucid may have the Air Sapphire and Tesla may have the Plaid Editions, which have proven that they could break track records at the Nürburgring. That's only because when they hit the straightaways, they can go faster than the other vehicles. But those other vehicles, if they catch up to them, they can pass them on any corner because the EVs just aren't as nimble around the corners. And the weight distribution of EVs can't be distributed in different ways. Drifting in the future, you may seem to think, oh yeah, most EVs are a rear-wheel drive complex vehicle, but to set your vehicle with mid-engine, front engine, or rear engine is not something. The engine capacity of the EV vehicles is directly at the tires. So it's not like a Mazda RX-8 where you can move the weight distribution of the vehicle to set it up for racing, drifting, or street. By moving the power system in the vehicle from either front to rear. You can move it in front of the front wheels or behind the front wheels or even sit it on top of the front wheels. All in a different setup for different setups of racing. This is great, but what does this have to do with weight distribution? Well, as everybody knows in the racing world, weight distribution is what comes down to creating those perfect times. Setting your engine out in a perfect setup makes it your vehicle more able to handle the track it's on. Like I said, street, drift, track. Hell, there's even off-road. And the placement of your your battery can differentiate every single type of racing vehicle. In today's world, you could put a Tesla Model S in the British touring car circuit, and it may seem like it's faster than everybody else's vehicle. It could win races, but unfortunately, the battery can overheat quicker than an internal combustion engine, and two, when it hits the corners, it has trouble. Why do you think the first Model S that they ever shot up, Pike's Peak, went off the road? The driver was not used to the amount of excess weight on the vehicle. He was trying to drive it like a standard sedan with lots of power in it. A rear-wheel drive sedan. He was trying to drive it balls deep like he would a Kia Stinger. But unfortunately, the weight distribution and the excess of weight in an electric vehicle makes it unpredictable compared to the standard racing vehicles we have with the internal combustion engine industry. All this excess of weight is giving us a new look at life. It's showing us that we need to learn how to drive these vehicles all over again because they are set up in a completely different way that we haven't seen in a long time. Weight distribution never used to be a bit major thing at the turn of the century when the automobile industry really took off. We didn't care about weight, we just cared about how far we can go on a tank of gas and is the vehicle going to last. Today it's all about aerodynamics and weight. How efficient 
can you make your vehicle? Well, EVs seem to be getting it down with the efficiency, which most of the EVs have amazing coefficient of drag for their aerodynamic system. They are super slippery, even compared to some of their internal combustion engine counterparts. But they can do that, considering the fact they need a lot less air intakes on the front and rear of the vehicle. They don't need all these exhaust ports to cool something off. They just need to direct cold air towards the battery and that's it. Or hell, even have a cooling system to keep that battery cool. But if the battery weighs so much, that just means it'll be a little bit harder to get it to be usable. An internal combustion engine, if you ever look underneath the hood of a standard ICE car, all the way up until the early 90s, you literally look in an engine bay and see the ground. There was so little in it. Now the steel we used back then was a lot heavier than the steel we use today, which means the cars weighed a lot. And as we decreased the weight of our vehicles, we one, increased the efficiency of our roadways and infrastructure because we weren't destroying it as quick, and two, increase the efficiency of the vehicle. We made them more efficient. We made it so we can go further on a tank of gas. The EV industry is exploding today. And even though it doesn't pay for the infrastructure it utilizes and destroys at a faster rate than its ICE counterparts, there's still a long road ahead of us to make these things even more efficient than they are today. Toyota keeps talking to us about the fact that their new battery system that's going to be coming out within the next six years is going to be more efficient than any battery that exists today. Well, naturally, it's a futuristic one. It's going to be more efficient. But how are they doing it? Are they making Making it more condensed? Or has Toyota just found a way to reduce the weight of its batteries by making them more dense? You can still have a battery pack of the entire underbody of the vehicle, similar to that of a body on frame, but you need to distribute the weight better and you need to bring down the weight. Today, the EVs are the vehicle that has to pay for that extra seat on the plane because they're just a little overweight for the plane. And like we stated, with ferry services and transportation services alike, EVs are getting a bum rap because they weigh more than their ICE counterparts, which means less of them can move in certain situations compared to the counterparts. So until the batteries start coming down in weight, the destruction of their parts around them will continue to increase. So when you tell me that your vehicle is more efficient for the road and costs less to operate overall, well, that's just because you're not looking at the overall factor. My reduction in standard maintenance has been decreased by this much, but my cost for purchasing new parts has increased by this much and at the end of so many years i have to replace that battery pack where my standard ice that engine and transmission that went in can be in there forever whereas we found vehicles that are over a hundred years old we could still get them to turn over meanwhile a bunch of tesla roadsters found in a shipping container in china have to have brand new batteries installed because they have been dead for so long they can't rejuvenate them and hell why would you those ones are super heavy and by putting in more efficient and lighter battery packs of from today, those roadsters can be even more fun to drive than they once were. Bringing down the weight will greatly decrease the cost of ownership of EV. It'll help our roadways survive longer and it'll make our EVs more efficient. So for the EV industry, it's time that we start going on a diet. Jenny Craig may not be there to help you. You might just have to figure out your own because this is a new form of weight loss. Reducing weight within its mineral components and the complexity of a standard battery pack is detrimental to the survival of the EV universe. But if you don't want that, then don't help out with it. So overall, are the added benefits of less moving parts and less moving fluids in our EVs better? Or is the added weight 
and the increase in costs of replacement parts kind of play a balancing act between the EV and the ICE world. Where ICEs are starting to come down in price, they may become a little bit better tone than the EV counterparts until EVs finally get themselves out of the gym. So if you like this podcast, please like, share, or comment about it on any of the major social feeds. Or hell, even send us an email at email at autolux.net. And after you've done that, stop by the website, read some of the reviews, follow some of our past podcasts, and check out our Corporates Links website on the autolux.net website. The Autolux Podcast has been brought to you by Ecom Entertainment Group and distributed by podbeam.com. The Autolux Podcast is hosted by the one and only doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J. And brought to you by the autolux.net website. So for myself, Everett J, the Autolux website and podcast, strap yourself in for this one overweight ride that the EV industry is taking us on.